Local Marketing for Small Business, Episode 107. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, Episode 107. I'm Kaylin Amadio. Je suis Charlie. Each week here on Act Local Marketing, I share a special strategy with you called Today's Takeaway. That's where you get at least one action item that you can walk away with today to implement and grow your business. Also, today on the podcast, I'm speaking with a professional writer. She ghostwrites full-length books, which is amazing. I can't wait to tell you more about her, so stay tuned for that. Words have great power. This past week, we saw that simple words and their cousin, the cartoon, can incite murder. The world grieves with the people of Paris due to the terrorist attack on the satirical weekly paper Charlie Hebdo. The publication had been under fire on and off for years for printing controversial and often irreverent cartoons about all manner of subjects, including the Prophet Muhammad. Words have great power. In the historical play Cardinal Richelieu, written by playwright Edward Lighton back in 1839, you will find the words, Beneath the rule of men entirely great, the pen is mightier than the sword. It has been true since 1450, when Gutenberg created a mechanical printing press in Europe. It was that technology that helped spread the Protestant Reformation because the common people were finally able to own the written word. If they could own the written word, then they darn sure wanted to be able to read it too. So literacy began to trickle beyond the very wealthy. Words have great power. So let's discuss today's takeaway. I promised you an action item you could take with you now to grow your business, and here it is. I do not believe most people set out to write a business book because they think it'll make them rich. I believe most people choose to write business books because they have wisdom that they want to share. You have wisdom. The world is waiting to hear. I have often said a belief that I learned from Brendan Burchard that everyone is an expert at something. You have an expertise in your head that can help others live better lives. 
What you do in your business day in and day out is old hat to you, but may just be magic to someone who needs what you know. Writing a book or articles or blog posts is just one way to give back to society. Share what you know, what you think, and what you feel so the world can become just a tiny bit more enlightened from your insight. And if it happens to make you a celebrity or a millionaire, more power to you, my friend. Here are a couple of tips to help you get started as a business writer. First, you have to make time to write. The more often you write, the better you become at it, just like anything in life. Now, when it comes to your content, put an outline together, just like you had to do in school. Outline that content. And please don't be angry with me for sharing this very simple tactic if it's not new to you. A great way to outline content is to take your topic and write down several sub-sentences about the topic. You need at least three for an article. You'll need several more than three for a book. For each of your sub-sentences, create another series of sub-sentences that describe it. This process is not only simple, it helps you get massive amounts of information down on paper in a very organized manner. Flesh out all those sentences and you'll see that you have an article or even an entire book chapter. And if you finish enough of them, your entire book's first draft can really be complete in no time. Drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I will point you in the right direction with whatever questions you may have about your business writing. Words have great power. That is today's takeaway. Please contact me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google+. Follow me so I can get to know you better. And please tell your social media followers about Act Local. Subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review in iTunes. Those reviews will help me get noticed so I can help more busy boomer business owners like you heal the economy by growing their business. It's time for a quick break. And when we return, Julie Ann Eason is here, and she is stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. Axe Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Hey, Ag Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book, 
that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out boomersultimateguidepodcast.com. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey, welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. As promised, I have a guest for you today. I want to introduce you to Julie Ann Eason. She has been a professional writer for over 20 years. And after figuring out that fiction writing really wasn't for her, she turned to freelance journalism and copywriting for a living. As technology advanced, she witnessed the balance of power in the publishing industry shift, and boy has it. Once the big New York publishers held absolutely all the cards, writers were lucky if they could land an agent or a book contract. But now, individuals are taking the initiative and writing, publishing, and marketing their own books without the need for an agent or publisher to give them a chance, which means that finally, businesses, nonprofits, and entrepreneurs just like you can take advantage of the amazing power of books. Today, she ghostwrites full-length books for entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, CEOs, and other business people who want to expand their reach and build their brands. And most recently, she's combined her love for marketing and writing to create the Successful Author Podcast, where she interviews book industry experts on writing, publishing, and marketing books. And you can actually find that podcast, uh, of course, a lady after my own heart, you know how I love podcasting. You can find her podcast at, let me look real quick, SuccessfulAuthorPodcast.com, spelled exactly as it should be in the English language. Julie, I always have to say that. (laughs) Welcome to Act Local. I love it. (laughs) Welcome to Act Local Marketing, Julie. Thank you so much, Kaylin. This is awesome to be here. It's a great honor. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for making time for us. Yeah, I always have to say that because, you know, on the interwebs, you know, all these domain names get picked up and then people start writing in funky ways in order to to get their their piece of that marketing pie when they have a, a business name that's similar to somebody else's. So when it's written as it should be in the English language, I always have to point that out so that we don't have to give somebody funky spellings. I like how you do, I like how you say that. That's that's a really nice turn of phrase. I, I, I totally agree with the with the domain names. I have Julie Ann Eason because because Julie Eason was another writer. It was already t- taken, and 
I so I started using that, but then I realized, oh my gosh, there's a lot of E's in there. I have A N N E and then an E right after it, and it's like, oh man, that's just not easy to spell. <laughs> you get what you get, right? That and you're right. Not everyone spells Anne with the uh, the extra E on the end. Because the first time I looked you up uh, online, I didn't use the E, and I ended up finding somebody else. I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. what? What? That's not who I'm looking for. <laughs> that's not who I wanted. So and then I went back and, and I looked at it at an email. I'm like, oh, she has the E after the yep. after the Anne. All right. So the first question I usually ask people that I've not met before is to, in a nutshell, if you can, give us your entrepreneurial journey. I like to collect them. How how did you expand for me on your bio a little bit? How did you end up doing exactly what you're doing now? Wow. In a nutshell, expand your journey. Wow. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Good for much. That's awesome. Sorry about that. Uh, no worries. So um, to, to put 20 years into a nutshell, um, I am a stay-at-home mom. I have three children who are now almost all out of the house and grown. Um, and I needed to find a way to to really stay home with them and to still make a good living. And I, like I said in my bio, I started writing fiction. And I realized that, you know, number one, I wasn't that great at it. And number two, um, they don't make that much money unless, you, you know, you're a super, a super big star. This is back in the late 80s. It's before internet, before email, all of this stuff it was happening. So I just, I started, like, I can write. I know I can write. I've always written. It's it's not a big deal. But I, I remember the Bob Newhart show, if you remember that. The one where, he, I know he's had several shows, but there was one uh, show where he was in Vermont and he ran an inn. Right. And he, um, he said, oh, yeah, I just, I write books on how to put together furniture. I write how-to stuff. And I'm like, I love how-to stuff stuff. I'm really good at how-to stuff. So I started writing how-to stuff. And I, I'm, I'm a historical reenactor. So I started with just how to do all of these things that we did, like how to make armor and how to build furniture and just how to, like step-by-step -step things. And that sort of evolved over time into me wanting to get into bigger magazines. The internet sort of came along and it was still new and, and, and publications hadn't figured out that they could like publish on the internet. Like they hadn't figured that out yet. Right. So we were it took a while for them to figure that out. It took a by the long way. time, but and unfortunately, a lot of them were like, "Oh well, if it's just published on the online, we save money, so we don't have to pay the writers as much." Mm -hmm. So you know what what went from a business where you are getting paid a dollar a word for two thousand word articles, people's attention spans shrunk, people's ability to pay uh, or charge advertising fees went crazy. The whole publishing industry like turned upside down, and all of a sudden, writers who who were used to making you know six figures. Writing as freelance journalists, we're having a really hard time making it because the word counts got cut down to like 250, maybe a thousand words if you're lucky. So that immediately cuts your salary in half. And then, uh, you know, they weren't paying as much. They say, oh, well, we'll pay you $35 for an online article, but it's the same amount of work mm -hmm. as, you know, as a print article. But they weren't paying. It was just, it was ridiculous. And then 9 11 happened. And what happened with that for me personally was, I had finally figured out how to break into those magazines. I was getting better gigs. I had figured out that query letter writing was really just sales letter writing. And once I figured that out, I was like, oh, perfect. I could just write sales letters <laughs> to these editors, right? And it was working. I had sent out the best batch I had ever sent out. You had to send them in the mail. And the anthrax scare happened. Uh -huh. And I never heard a word about any of those queries. I mean, not even a rejection letter, nothing. And I know for, I, I'm 99% I'm positive that they all just went in the trash. Right. Because of the anthrax scare at the same time as 9-11. So I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? <laughs> so I figured out, you know, well, let's, let's turn to business writing. Let's talk to business people. Let's, you know, let's see what they need for 
brochures and, and over time they needed website copy. And what happened was my clients, I found out that I love marketing. Marketing was so much fun because my clients would take me to these conferences and they'd say, you know, I, I don't have time to go to this conference, but I want to learn about this thing. And you're the one that's going to write it anyway. So you might as well go. So they would send me all over the place. And number one, I got you know out of the house, which was awesome because when you raise three kids from when they're born, it's, it can get a little squirrely. So yep. it was great Been to there. get away <laughs> a yep. little while and talk to grownups about growing up things. And then, you know, I just, I loved learning about, you know, psychology and how a website works and how it gets put together and what kind of copywriting works better on an about page versus a frequently asked questions page. I just got so into the marketing. And then here we go, fast forwarding to like 15 years. Um, some of my clients were like, can you write me a book? I need to write a book. I need to have a book out. Cause all of a sudden people with, were realizing that when you have a book, you are an expert. It doesn't matter if there's other experts who know more than you, if you have a book and you can say you are the author of whatever the title of your book is, you are perceived as the guy or the girl who knows all the things about this topic. It doesn't, it, it doesn't even matter if people don't read your book or don't buy your book. They still see that title of author and they immediately translate that into, I need to know that person. I need to work with that person. And that's why it's so important for local businesses. And so what happened was I just stopped copywriting more or less, except for the, the book people that I'm working with. You know, if I'm ghostwriting your book, I'm probably also writing your website just mm -hmm. because it goes hand in hand. <clears throat> but I just started writing full length books because there's a million copywriters out there who are, are very good at writing short copy, but there's not a lot of people who can um, write a book, a book length work that's, you know, 50,000 to 100,000 words make you sound brilliant and reach the, the business goals at the end of the day. Because a lot of people will write a book and they're just, you know, are all about telling the story and everything, which is great. But when I write for a business person, you've got to have, you know, a sale at the end of the day. That's the reason for the book is to get an introduction, to get traffic, to get people in your store. So, so that is very, you've already answered my first question, but, that, <laughs> but that's very Dang. interesting. And I want to make sure that people keep this in mind that uh, and as uh, Julie and I have this discussion and if you've never even thought about being an author or even if maybe you did the little inkling in the back but you said uh, you know but I can't do that remember that many business books are written by ghost writers on behalf of the author they work with you and find out you know what it is you want to convey in this book but they will do the writing for you and that's a legitimate uh, path, if you will, exactly. legitimate method to becoming an author. It, that's, it's not a weird thing to have a ghostwriter. It's not a weird thing. It used to be a secret thing. That's why the word ghost was there. Right. And it used to be like, Shh, you don't tell anybody. I actually have people who, who make me sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, so that I don't tell them that I wrote that book because they, they still have it in their head that, you know, if I'm the author, I have to be the writer. But I think that authors and writers are two completely different sets of skills. An author has expertise in their business. They have expertise in whatever it is that they do. They don't necessarily know how to put a sentence together. And that's okay. They don't have to. What they can do is they can partner up with a writer and work together to get that message that you want to convey in your book out into in really well-written form. And 
Um, this has been going on as long as there have been writers. People think William Shakespeare was not really William Shakespeare. Okay, this <laughs> I've is heard not that a argument secret. Before. Yeah, yeah. This is not something that's you know just that's brand new and that, that business people are too busy or they're too lazy or too whatever to that they have to hire a ghostwriter. Professional writers, like you, would be amazed at how many books in a bookstore were written by ghostwriters, including big name writers. I yes, mean, everybody. Yes. It's it's not a secret. Hollywood films are written by script doctors. I mean, they, it's just, it's just part of the way the business is, but because publishing has been so secretive for so many years and it was this, this hallowed halls of publishing and like you had to have a special handshake to get in the door. It's, it's this mysterious thing. And so they know that, yeah, of course we have ghostwriters for everything, but, but business people don't know that. And I think it's important that you do know that you don't have to write everything that you do. You don't have to write your own website. You don't have to write your own blog. You don't have to write your own social media posts. There's an entire industry of people who do nothing but social media writing mm-hmm. for businesses. Right. Absolutely. So so take us through some of the process, okay, of going from an idea. I have an idea mm-hmm. and I want a book. So okay. what's my process going to be getting from one to, to something tangible in my hands? Okay, let me let me actually back up to one step before that, before idea, because I think that most, especially local business owners, they're like, oh, that sounds great, but who wants to know about selling mattresses? You know, who wants to know about about being a dentist? Like, who cares? Why would anyone read that? And they and they have trouble figuring out the idea. Okay, so I'm going to back up a little okay. bit, and then I'll, and then I'll go through the process. Finding the idea, all you have to do is decide that you want to write a book. I have never met a business that I couldn't write a book around ever. Like, I love that challenge because people are like, oh, yeah, what about this? Oh, yeah, what about this? I'm like, nope, nope, we can totally do it because you're in business to serve people, right? Specifically the people in your local community. You do something that helps people, whether it's helping them feed their families, whether it's helping them get their investments right, whether it's helping them find a house, whether it's helping them fix their teeth. It doesn't matter what you do. You help people. And your book, whatever it ends up being, is just an extension of that. How can you help people through a book to find a house easier and faster, to afford a house, to not be afraid of the pain involved in getting a root canal, to, you know, whatever it is that people come to you with a problem because you're there to help them, right? So that problem is the seed of the idea for your book. That's where it all ties together. And that's the reason why local businesses should all have books because, it's, a, it's an amazing thing when you can go through and you can say, hey, you know what? I know that um, most people coming to a dentist, they're, they're really concerned about the pain or they're scared or they're ashamed or whatever it is that they have going on in their heads. So if you have a book that's about, you know what, how to go to the dentist without pain or how to raise your kids to love their dentist, those kinds of books are helpful no matter where they go. It doesn't matter what town they live in. It doesn't matter who they are. But if you are the author in your local community, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, this guy gets it. He knows that that I'm afraid. He knows I'm a little bit ashamed and nervous. And he knows that I've got kids and I don't want them to be afraid of going to the dentist. So but he wrote this book and I will bypass five different dentists and drive all the way across town to go to that dentist because he wrote a book who, who, about something that I'm concerned about. So does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense to me. And I'm going to put you on the spot now because you said you love marketing. Yeah. Of course, I do too. And I think this will be fun for both of us. Let's, I'm going to throw out some different local businesses 
Do it. And then let's come up with some various books that they could be writing. Because I know, and you do too, that there's still local business owners out there that say, yeah, 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 but, you know, I understand it for a dentist, but in my uh, business, I you know, how people always say that. Yeah, but my business yeah, is different. Yeah, but my business. That's, yeah. Nobody that's wants to hear it. So, <laughs> so let's prove them wrong. Okay, so let's say the um, and we're and not big box stores of any kind. We're not talking about national brands. We're talking about real local businesses. So let's say the local hardware store. Okay, so I actually have written a book for a local, not a hardware store, but a local locksmith. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Okay, how like that's one of the the most basic necessary awesome jobs, but it's it's like who wants to read a book about locks, right? He tied into school shootings. And he said, you know what, this is a tragedy because there are solutions that do not cost a lot of money in the lock world. There's electrified locks. There's locks that can, um, that can be activated from the central office where everything is, is locked down with one button. There's all these different solutions. There's different kinds of panic bars. There's different kinds of things. None of this, I mean, you can't stop a shooter from walking into a school, right? But you can make sure that your doors are secure, and that there's an easy way for people on the other side of the campus. He's done it. He's, he's actually designed lock systems for um, universities and the Olympics and things where someone like half a mile to a mile away can lock down your, your building. Wow. You know, so wow. If, if you're on a, on a college campus and you know that something's going on and you know that it's going from building to building or some maybe, I don't know what it is, but God forbid this ever happens again, but it, it seems to keep happening. And he was concerned about it. He's like, you know, this book is called, it's all about how you can take a, something as simple as a lock system and you can make your building more secure. Because right. this is, you know, this is at the time when they were like, oh, we're going to have to get police officers in schools and we're going to have to do all of this stuff. And it's, he's like, this is taking too long. You know, we could have another one of these tomorrow. And so what he did was in order to that, number one, the book helped anyone and he put it out there on, on Amazon so that anyone in any situation, whether it was a daycare or a church or a school or a college, they could all get access to this information. In the beginning of the book, he said, look, I am so concerned about this problem that if you take pictures of your doors, I will tell you, you send them to me and I will give you what you need. Like I will tell you what you need to buy or what kind of thing you need to order and you go order it from your local locksmith, that's fine. But I just want to make sure that you have what you need. And people, you know, people did it. It was great. Really? So hardware stores, you know, how to, um, how to make your paint last longer. What kind of, I mean, you could do nothing but household cleaning tips. Right. You know, I mean, there's, there's all a kinds of do-it-yourself do it tips to save money tips. because we know everyone's on a budget today. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, if you don't have time to write a book right now, but you have time to write one blog post which is like 500 words. Maybe it takes you a couple of hours if you're a slow writer um, or you have somebody else do it. Maybe you, ha- maybe you have a college kid or a high school kid who, who likes to write, you know, pay them a little bit of money to do the writing for you. You could, if you're a hardware store, what I would do is I would do um, like one or two do-it-yourself projects every month and I would use that as blog content. I would use it as an email, um, email marketing something to put in your email and then I would combine them all together at the end of the year and I'd make a book out of it. There's another tip that that you might not have realized because it went by so quickly <laughs> is that some a lot of authors write their books literally by writing blog posts. They sort of plan out yep. the outline of what a book might look like and then they break it down into digestible 
and uh, writable pieces. And those are their blog posts throughout the year. However long it takes them to write, let's say, 100 blog posts. And then they gather them all together and they edit it into the final book right. and publish and the book. Here's the thing about that is people like short, easy to read books, right? Or at least short, easy to read chapters. Yeah. You don't ever want somebody like flipping through the book to see how much, how many more pages is this chapter so I can get to the end of it, right? So blog posts are perfect for that, especially if it's a project kind of thing. And projects, where do they have to go to get the supplies for the projects? Your hardware Your store. Your store, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so, so let's do yeah, another okay. one. Let's do All another right. one. So how about the dry cleaner? <clears throat> dry cleaner. All right, when do you need to go to a dry cleaner? What fabrics can really be in the dry cleaner? What do those um, little, these are more chapters for a book, but what do those little symbols on your clothing mean? Um, <laughs> that's, what, that's a good one. What do you need to do when you spill wine or cheese or get coffee baby or, spit up or yeah. coffee or whatever on your, on your clothing? What do you need to do immediately to make sure that those, those clothes are saved before you can get them to a dry cleaner? Right. What besides clothing... Does a dry cleaner, can a dry cleaner actually clean? Exactly. How do right? you find a dry Pocket cleaner? Pocketbooks and, you know, there's all kinds of other things that they'll deal with also. Right. Now, now, do you notice what we're doing here? We're asking questions. And this is one of the big, biggest things that I teach is your fodder for your book, your content, the, the stuff that you need to do is in your frequently asked questions. Whatever people are asking you about all of the time, whether it's on your website already or not, whatever obstacles you have to overcome during the sales process, that's your book. Good because advice. People the frequently have asked question, right. And then I often tell, tell clients when they're trying to figure out what to write about, consider uh, some should ask questions. Yes. Which are the things that the, the person that could be your ideal client doesn't even know enough about, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> your industry and what you do to know that the question should be asked. Right. You know, then you can really be the hero. Oh, you know, you should be asking me this. And every other dry cleaner that you're going to check out, you should be asking the same question to see how they answer it. And that really gives you some, a different kind of, you know, inside status right. as well. And one of the biggest things that people have on their brains and one of the biggest fears when they're trying to, to choose which dentist to use, which dry cleaner to use, which hardware store to go to, I don't want to get ripped off. I don't want to pay too much and I don't want to be lied to. So right. if you are the one writing the book on here's what to look for in an honest accountant, Here's what to look for in a skilled dry cleaner who's not going to mangle your grandmother's fur coat. You know, here's what to look for. Those kinds of things. Here's what, an, what you want in a, a pediatrician. Whatever it is, you are being perceived as the honest giver of truth who is just out there trying to give information. You're not saying you have to come to me. You're not saying I'm the most honest accountant in the city. You're saying this is what to look for. You go choose your own. You give them the freedom to do it. Who are they going to look to? They're going to look to you because you're the one that wrote the book about it. Right. And I'm hoping that, that people who are in professional services, like you mentioned, the accountant or the bookkeeper or the insurance agent or the attorney mm -hmm. or the myriad types of doctors, you know, and chiropractors and and podiatrists and, and all of that can see themselves in what you, you just said. There are lots of things that they can impart in a book and about their industry, you know, to help people choose right. the right service provider. Um, and then there are certain 
I'll call them more retail, you know, like we talked about the dry cleaner Mm -hmm. or the hardware store where people are going to come in and and spend money, that it's not quite as obvious to them or even, I mean, it's obvious to me, but I would imagine even restaurateurs, right? Right. Let's say you own a local restaurant or even a a local pizza parlor, right? Doesn't even have to be a fancy restaurant. They're they're worried about clearly providing great food and great meals and and great service, and they don't necessarily see themselves as the type of industry that should be publishing a book. What would they write about? I was just going to say let's let's talk about that because that's a whole different kind of a book, and that is awesome. But that's where local stuff really comes into play. Okay, this is all about your community. You want to be seen if you're a restaurateur as a pillar of your community, right? You want right. to be the place that the mayor goes, that all of the college professors go, where the pe- businesses bring their clients, all that kind of stuff, a pillar of the community. So in order to do that, you need to embrace the community. So why don't you write a book about, you know, the, the best things to do throughout the year in your town? Ah. Are there any really cool festivals going on? Are there, you know, is there something that happens there every summer, like the swallows coming back to Capistrano or whatever? I mean, I don't know what it is, but is there something that people flock to that town for or that you wish people flocked to the town for? You can go to the convention bureau in your town, and I live in the middle of nowhere in Maine, and even we have convention bureaus, so you, you may not realize it. You <laughs> so do there's have, no excuse for the rest no of excuse. you, is you what she's get, saying. You can get all of the of the the events that are going on in a particular year. I mean, you could do this as a yearly book if you wanted to because you, we have digital publishing. You can do it. Um, you can get all the photography you need for free. You can get video footage for free if you want to make a video trailer for your book. There's all kinds of things, but you want to be seen as this person who is promoting the community. And when you do that, the convention bureau is going to be like, oh, let's do an article on you. The, the newspaper is going to be, oh, wow, let's talk to you about this particular thing. Or anytime you have something special going on, you'll be on TV. You'll be able to be seen as the person supporting that community. And so you'll be in the forefront of people's minds when they're like, I'm hungry. Let, where should we go to eat? Where should I bring my clients? You know, those kinds of right. things. And if you, if you really want to get clever, you can tie each of these events to some sort of um, suggested meal. Here's yeah. the right meal for this time of year or for this kind of event. Here's what we put together. You know, here's what we suggest. Here's a recipe, mm-hmm. right, for this, one, this special thing that's perfect for this particular event. If you have something that is unique to your area or unique to your restaurant, play it up. So, like, I live in Maine, so lobster is the big thing. So, right. I mean, any restaurant in Maine can write a book on how to eat a lobster or how to cook a lobster or, you know, what's the big deal with lobster bakes because they have them all over the place. There's a secret to cooking lobster. If you guys don't know this, you take your pot and when you're steaming it, you add in a bottle of beer or a whole oh, lot I didn't of seasoning. Oh, know that. Yeah. Well, see, the, the, the places on the coast will cook it. Um, they'll cook it on a bed of seaweed that's live and they'll cook it in seawater. So it's very salty. Mm-hmm. And so you add beer to whatever you're cooking in at home and oh you can add salt but beer tastes better (laughs) and it adds that little extra flavor because sometimes lobsters if they've been sitting around for a while they're still alive but they're kind of like they've been caught you know months earlier and they're just sort of like god cook me already (laughs) right so um you know then they can lose some of the flavor because they're they're not in that salty environment see and i didn't know that there you go go. right so so clever this is fun. We could do this all day long. But you guys, do it in the comments. Like, if, 
Put it. Put your put your stuff in the comments, and I'll totally find a book for you. <laughs> I love doing this. Right. So I know we could literally do this all day long. But the reason I asked Julie to to do this with me, and I put her on the spot, is because she's right. You literally can find a topic, and quite frankly, there's more than one topic that any local business could use to be putting a book together. And that book can really make you the hero of your locality, which there's just this celebrity factor mm -hmm. uh, to to becoming an author. Because let's face it, you know, becoming an author is one of those one of one of those moments in life that if you actually get to the point where you have a, a book in hand or there's a book on Amazon people can download into their e-reader, there was so much effort behind it. It, it, you know, it's like graduating from high school or graduating from college or, you know, getting that black belt. All the hours and the time invested to get there really means something. And people get that. They do. And they, they appreciate do. it. And they and they're impressed because right. most most people will never write a book, but they've all read them. And they and, and here's something that I think is really interesting psychologically about like it's like why why do we put authors on such a pedestal? Think about this. What is the very first really important task that you learned as a child without like learning how to walk? Because that was something you had to do motor motor function wise. But the first educational, super serious thing that your parents said you have to learn to read. Yeah. And these books were put in front of you and it was like, oh, this is my favorite book and I'm going to read it over and over and over again. And books are just one of these things that are in our psychology from when we're very, very young. Even, sometimes people will read, you know, read stories to their babies when they're not even born yet. So we have this psychology that you know, a book is a sacred thing. It's an amazing thing. And if you're writing a book and you actually get it published, it's like this – Everyone looks at it as just this amazing feat that you now you are one of those people who has this awesome thing that I had to learn to read when I was two or whatever. <laughs> and it is an amazing feat, and it's something to be proud of, quite Absolutely. frankly. And Absolutely. it is something that, that's, that's pursuable and can be reached by any local business owner. I want to talk a little bit about um, an adjoining topic, but I, I want you to hold on for a commercial break. Can you do that for me? Absolutely. Perfect. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And we will be back in just, I, I don't want to lie, I'm just going to say 60 seconds. It might be just a little more than 60 seconds. So Hold on. Right Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. 
and she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey now, it's Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, and I'm having a fun, fast, and furious conversation with Julie Ann Eason. She is a ghostwriter. She actually helps entrepreneurs and speakers and coaches and you know business owners, CEOs, write their books. She will actually write a book for them, full-length books. Um, so that they can be, they can work with her and become published authors. And she also has a podcast that she has started called the Successful Author Podcast. And you can find that online at SuccessfulAuthorPodcast.com, spelled exactly as it should be in the English language. We talked about that earlier. So, Julie, we we've been having fun uh, putting together different topics for local business owners, especially the types of businesses that might think, oh, no, no, no. It, you know, what would I ever write a book about? This doesn't make any sense for me. You know, I'm sure that you could you could walk into any BNI meeting anywhere in the country <laughs> and point at each one of the people, you know, who has a seat around the table and say, here's what your book can be about. And here's what your mm-hmm. book can be about. It's literally doable. So don't think it's not doable. You, it, and if you're stumped, you can contact Julie and she will she will help you make it doable. Yeah, I actually ha- yeah absolutely. Just, just um, you can either put your thing in the, your uh, business in the comments or um, I actually do have a service where I do nothing but sit down with you and I will discuss your business and what how you get clients currently how you get customers in the door and we will like we will brainstorm your book and I will write out the outlines in a format that all you have to do is answer questions and you're done perfect and it's it can literally be um, that simple for you to follow through with um, that process that that she just talked about and you too can be an author now i want to talk about what happens after the book is published so let's say the the author of a book starts to see that they're they're creating some notoriety for themselves Mm -hmm. in their um, town or their county or their region you know depending on on where you're living i mean clearly some cities are bigger than others i live in the the new york city tri-state area Mm -hmm. so you know, becoming popular in my area could mean you're exposed to millions, and I mean millions of people, right? right? As opposed to being from, you know, Fargo or Kansas City, where I grew up. Or Maine. Right? Or Maine. <laughs> where I am. Or Maine, where you are, right? So <clears throat> communities, but but you can scale that, that celebrity uh, to your local community. So that brings me to the question of platform. That's mm-hmm. something that if, if people have started to get into the publishing industry and or they've been pursuing this on their own they've always wanted to be an author and they've got an idea or they've written a book they're going to hear publishers talk about platform so would you explain to people 
what that means when, when you're taking this whole idea up a notch. So, so you're absolutely right about celebrity. That, and, and I'll get more into that in a minute because you, you have to create your own celebrity to start with. Nobody's going to do it for you. But platform is nothing more than a fancy word to say your fan base, your followers, your people, um, all of the people who are interested in what you do or who might become interested in what you do. So when you're building a platform, what you're doing is you're, you're getting people to comment on your blog. You're getting followers on social media. You're, getting, you're building your email list, which is the only – your email list is the only really piece of um, – piece of the pie that you own. You can do whatever you want with the email list. Your your company is not going to go down and decide well you, it, it's up to you whether your company goes down and and decides but, not yeah, to Yeah, it's an asset. It's a tangible it's an asset. asset. That's the word I was looking for. Thank yeah. you, an asset. Um because your social media Facebook could decide tomorrow and they they have been all all along saying, you know, oh, now you have to pay more money in order to reach your people. Um you know, Twitter could go down, Google Plus could go down. SEO is practically dead because of all the things that Google does. You don't want other companies in charge of your marketing is right. the point. So so you're, when you're building a platform, when you're selling anything online or you're doing services where uh, professional services where you're using online media to attract people, you want to do the usual platform building things, which is do your social media, you know, make sure you're blogging, make sure you're contacting your email list at least once a week, all of those kinds of things. There's a, a million different websites and blogs and things that will tell you how to build a platform online. But for local businesses, let's talk about some very specific things that you need to do because it's a completely different ballgame. You need to be going back to the old school ways that people used to market their businesses all the time. And it starts with press releases. If you don't know how to use a press release or don't know how to write one, they are not difficult and they are not a secret. PR agents have made it the secret society again like the publishing world where yeah, it's like oh yeah. you have to pay me hundreds and hundreds of dollars to write this thing <clears throat> you don't have to do that especially in a smaller local community what you're doing with a press release is you're letting the press which is the print and and um broadcast media so the tv the radio your local magazines your local newspapers you're letting all of those people know hey i'm doing something really cool and writing a book is something that they will pay attention to so you, this is going back to the celebrity thing. Just because your book is written and published, whether it's on Kindle only or whether you, know, you have a publisher in New York publish it, you are responsible for making that celebrity happen. And once you get momentum, there will be a snowball effect. But if you don't do things like contact your local newspaper and say, hey, I just wrote a book and this is what it's about and it is going to help this community – Contact your local TV stations, contact your local radio stations, contact your local podcasters, um, anybody who's doing anything, your arts community. I do a lot of work with um, dancers and theaters and things, and, and it's like, gosh, there's arts communities, and they have websites, and they have blogs, and they have email lists, and they have all of these people. They have a platform. Right. And you want to be on their platform reaching their people because their people can become your people. Right. So that's what you use platform for when it's a local business. You find your chamber of commerce. They have a platform. They have a list. They will talk to their people about you. The newspaper has readers. That's their platform. The TV station has viewers. That's their platform. You want to use their platforms, get out to their people so that their people will come buy your book. Or even if they don't buy your book, at least will go, oh, wow, that's really interesting that they wrote a book. I'm going to go check out their store. Exactly. Oh, who's that dry cleaner that wrote that book? Yeah, yes. I want to check them out. That you know, that's what happens, and that's what it it means to have a platform, so to speak, when you're a local business, and when writing the book is not 
is not how you intend to make your money. Exactly. You're using it as a as another piece of your your marketing exactly. for your business. You know, it's a completely different thing and you need to, you know, you go as big as you can um, when being an author is how you intend to make your money and that you want to be paid for speaking engagements and you're trying to get on all the TV shows you can to do a little bit of that in your but local it, community is how you're going to build your platform, including uh, um, you were talking about, um, I can't remember whether you said Rotary Club or Chambers of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce, yeah, absolutely. Those kinds of places like to have speakers come in. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, you could end up coming in and talking about why you wrote a book for your business, right? And what it's mm -hmm. meant and what it's done or the content of what the book was about, depending on what the book was about, if it's the kind of thing that that, that kind of uh, audience would like to hear more about. There, there's all kinds of ways that you can use the book as uh, really a calling card. I think I just heard uh, last weekend that Robert Kiyosaka used to hold up his book at speaking engagements, because I, I assume he does a lot of speaking engagements. Yeah. And he'd ask people, what is this? And they'd say, well, that's your book. And he'd say, no, this is my business card. Yes, absolutely. Business cards, it, it, it's gotten to the point now where you have to have, you don't have to, in some industries, you have to have a book. It's as important as a business card because it's basically, it's taking the business card and it's exploding the possibilities. You're able to, you're able to have an entire sales conversation and overcome all the objections that anyone might have about using you in the book. And you never even have to meet with that person until they're like, oh my God, I'm calling him, this guy up and I'm going to hire him right now. I have right. to, I, I have ha to, yeah, I have to know this person. I have to speak to this person. Right. And, and so it saves you time on the back end or on the front end rather. And there's a lot of examples out there of, of nonfiction, uh, various types of business books. Some people write uh, parables. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, a realtor that I think is from Kansas City. And I now I can't remember the name of his book. Maybe I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But it's a it's a parable, but the guy in the book is a realtor, right? Yes. He's, and he ends up building his business through uh, the concepts that are learned in the book about yes. how to build a business. There's a fantastic book called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. I just interviewed Bob like two uh, weeks ago. Yes. That is a great example of something that is not nonfiction. It's not, it's fiction, but it's, it's an allegory. It's a parable. It teaches lessons through an easy to read format. If you, if you have like not a lot of time to read, but you want to learn like how this is done, go get that book. You can get it at any bookstore. Um, it's, it's a fantastic book and it's a great way to, to really tell your story. Some people have messages, like let's say you're a, um, your coach or something, and you're you're trying to reach local people about life coaching or you know helping you with parenting issues or something. Or where what you really have for your book is not how to do something, but it's a message that you want the world to get. You know, you want to get the message out that parents should you know sit down and spend more time with their kids and turn off the TV. So that kind of a message can be taught through an allegory or through through a parable like that. Right, right, and that's you know depending on. Uh, how you feel about being an author, whether it's something you've always dreamed of or whether it's something you're just now getting the inkling that, oh, that that could be a good idea. Depending on how creative you want to get and what kind of business you're in, that might be another route that you can take is, mm -hmm. is creating this this parable about your industry or about your business that, that sort of answers those frequently asked questions and gets the points across while telling a story. We, we didn't even get into that, and we won't have time to get into that. You'll have to come back, <laughs> and we'll do another interview about just storytelling 
within marketing. And that is a huge topic right now. There's another book that just came out um, by, by Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg called Buyer Legends, which is a great book to read if you're learning, if you're trying to learn about how stories and, and business and marketing go together. Because at this point in time, people, it's the new buzzword. I mean, you, you want to be storytelling in your marketing. Be- and the reason for it is not because, you know, it's entertaining. It's because people pay attention to stories. Our brains are hardwired to listen to stories. And exactly sometimes, right. sometimes that can be like really intimidating. But those, those kinds of books will break it down for you, the, the Buyer Legends book. And they'll, they're like, this is how you do it. This is how a story works. There's only 12 stories that have ever been told in the entire world. <laughs> right. Seriously. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Every book that you've ever ways. read is some form of oh, one of those stories. Yeah. Exactly. So once you know that and you're like, oh, there's a structure. Well, I can write that. You know, right. I just need a hero, an antihero. I need a quest or whatever it is that you're doing. Once you realize that there's a structure and that you you just have to fill in your, it's like fill in the blank, fill in your characters and your situations. You know, let's talk right. about, let's, let's write a children's book about going to the dentist. There you go. Okay. You know? very, very good example. And keep in mind, j- just to close out the conversation, then I want you to tell people how you want them to get in touch with you. But this, this concept of, of writing the book and, and storytelling, and let's say all of this comes to fruition, this information that you've created is also the same information that you can put into your social media hmm. and that you can put to your blog and you can put into your emails. And just because you wrote it once and it got you know, printed on paper once doesn't mean it's done. You can use it over and over again. Just because Absolutely. you put out a social media post doesn't mean everyone saw it. It's okay next month or next quarter to hit that topic again or and two remind people now. again, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, and I tell people, you know, as you're writing this, so there's one way you can write a book is to write blog posts first and emails first and then write the book out of those. But the other way to do it is if you write the book first, then you go back through and, and you can do it yourself or if you're too close to it, you can like have your daughter or, or you know, your wife or some, I don't know, your husband, whoever, just go through and you can pull out quotes, like little pithy quotes that are yours. Okay, everybody loves to use quotes on social media because they're all they're you know, oh, they're so inspiring or oh, they're motivating or whatever, and, but they're by other people. So you're like helping make other people famous, but you can you're allowed to make up your own quotes and you're allowed to put those on social media, put them on Instagram pictures, whatever. You mean I'm, I'm allowed to have my own ideas? Yes, you're allowed you to have your own ideas. You oh, know, you don't have you. to wait until you're 200 years dead before <laughs> something you said was important. It's important now. Yeah. So, you know, I had tell people I say pull out those little quotes, put them on pictures, there's your Instagram Instagram, Pinterest, all those kinds of posts. Right. And then you go through and you take a little bit longer snippets and then those are blog posts and those are emails and those are social media like uh, Facebook and Google Plus posts. Don't feel like you have to say something new every time you open your mouth. Exactly. You don't have to continually reinvent the wheel. That's unnecessary yeah, unne- work. Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I know um, we're going to have to go soon. So tell people how they can get in touch with you. What's the best way to find you? All right. So if you are interested in writing a book about your business, you want to go check out my website, which is Julie Ann Eason. And that's Julie, J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N-E. 
E-A-S-O-N. There's a lot of E's in that. Dot com. There's, if you go to julianneeson.com forward slash gift, you will find some templates there, some book writing templates, some audios that you can listen to. Um, and specifically, I have one audio called Authorpreneur that's absolutely free. You can just um, download it and it will tell you how to put the right things in your book that will lead those readers right to your door. And Perfect. that is, um, that's all, there's, you, you can opt into my email list. I, I'd love it if you did, uh, but that's not required in order to get those, um, those recordings and things. Also, go listen to the podcast because you're going to get all kinds of information. It's the Successful Author Podcast, and that's at SuccessfulAuthorPodcast.com, or it's also on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and that's going to be talking about writing, marketing, publishing, all the stuff you never thought you needed to know about writing a book. Perfect. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out because you know that I'm I'm in this whole book you are, writing and publishing mode. <laughs> I talk about it. I feel like ad nauseum for the last year and a half. But it you know it's true. It takes it takes time, especially if you're you know dumb like me and you you insisted on doing it all yourself and sort of learning the hard way. So I keep trying to share what I've learned in this process so that other people don't have to do it the and hard can way. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna if you start researching this on the on the internet, you're going to run into people who say, "Write a book in a weekend. Write a book in ten hours. You right. can have your book published tomorrow." Yes, you can, but that doesn't mean that you should. I I really want, especially local business owners, to know because this is your reputation that's on the line, and this is you know your business that's on the line, and you do not want to put out a bad book. Those kinds of books that people are touting for you know publish them in a weekend kind of thing are for a very specific niche set of online marketers who are selling certain kinds of things and they just want they're they're in a whole different world. When you're a local business and you want to put out a book, you want it to be an extraordinary book, you want it to be amazing and you can absolutely every single one of you listening to this can write an amazing book. Just don't think that you're going to do it in a weekend just because some other book that you found on Amazon tells you that you can. You right. can't Absolutely, you can do it. But that's it's a very good. Um, that's a very good parting thought. Thank you very much. Wow, awesome, Julie Ann Eason, and I will include links to um, successful author podcasts and julianneeson.com so that it, you know if you're driving, you're listening to this, you can't take notes. You can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and find some of these resources in the show notes of this particular podcast. And uh, Julie, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely, it's been so much fun. And those of you out there, you have been listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with my guest, Julie Ann Eason. You know, we bring you a new episode every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time with some wonderful guests like Julie, who's going to teach you some wonderful things. She's going to drop some of those golden nuggets for you that I like to scoop up and keep in my basket here. To <laughs> scoop them sharing. up and write a book. <laughs> yeah, and keep sharing them with you uh, so that you can move your business at least one more step forward. And until next time, I very much would like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. 
Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes Store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.